listener production. G'day, g'day, it's Antoinette Latouf. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Today, we're diving into the world of CPR and whether learning it should be made compulsory in all workplaces. So this comes after research this month revealed women are far less likely to know how to do CPR and importantly, also less likely to be saved in an emergency. Listener journalist Sophia Funicello joins me from our Adelaide newsroom. Hey, Sophia. Hi, Antoinette. So tell me, what do you personally know about CPR? Well, to be honest with you, um, the extent of my knowledge kind of starts and ends with the scene from the US TV show, The Office. Have you seen it? I have, but I prefer the British version, but um, I digress. Go on. Well, I love the US version. And there's this scene where all the staff are taking a training course on CPR. Mm -hmm. And when they're working out the rhythm of how fast to pump the chest. Well, a good trick is to pump to the tune of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Do you know that song? Yes, yes, I do. I love that song. First I was afraid, I was petrified. (laughs) No, it's ah, 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 staying alive. Ah, 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 staying alive. Ah, 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 staying alive. (laughs) I love that. Very interesting. Lots of fun, but the person's dead on the floor. So other than the Bee Gees, what else do you know about CPR? Unfortunately, nothing else. I've never actually undergone a CPR training session It's always been on the back of my mind as something I really want to do because if I was ever forced in that situation, I would be screwed. I wouldn't know how to help them at all. But I'm actually not alone in this situation. Look, I only learnt CPR after I had kids because I realised I have one job and that's to keep them alive. And so I'm like, if I can't do that, I'm like going to fail, get an F. So I've (laughs) learnt CPR because of that. But I know a lot of other women haven't. Yeah, well, I spoke with National Training and Development Manager for St. John's Ambulance Australia, Mark Daniel Malloy, and he says actually a lot less women in Australia are trained and are confident to administer CPR and first aid than men. Um, It's according to an alarming study by St. John Ambulance that came out earlier this month. Here in Australia, what we found was men are more likely to feel comfortable and confident in terms of administering CPR. They're more likely to come across an event and feel that they were they had the skills and the confidence to administer the support. Now, that correlates slightly in relation to the number of men versus uh, women in this study that showed they'd actually undertaken the training. 41% of men had done first aid training compared to 32%. However, when it came to the likelihood to being comfortable to administer CPR, the increase of that was higher in terms of 69% of men compared to 61% of women. I guess I'm interested as to why men are more confident when it comes to administering CPR than women. Is it just because men just generally rate themselves as better at everything or are there more structural issues at play? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. It comes down to the ratio of men and women within a workplace. Uh, Male-dominated industries like tradies, they all require their staff to be trained in first aid. Whereas if you say, you know, an organisation in an office type setting, they may only require one person per 20 to have CPR qualifications. Uh, Mark Daniel Malloy explains this a bit further. One of the probable causes comes down to the industries that do currently require people to have skills, but not only 
hold those skills but do regular refreshes. And what we find is the more male-dominated trades tend to have smaller work cohorts and you need to have a first data for each workplace. Workplaces that are seen as more traditionally uh, female workforces, so early childhood uh, care and schools and things like that, the provision in terms of first data to the, the number of people within that work set is higher. Another part of the survey that was super interesting to me was about who receives CPR? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, women are less likely to receive CPR because there's this stigma about being touched. A lot of people don't want to get in trouble for, you know, taking off a woman's top and touching their chest. They may think it's inappropriate when in fact they're actually saving their life. Uh, Here's what Mark had to say about it. Women who experience a sudden cardiac arrest in the community are 24% less likely to have somebody administer CPR to them because people are less confident actually administering CPR on a woman and also about obviously potentially burying the chest to put the AED on and things like that. Yeah, it's quite shocking really. We need more mannequins, gender neutral mannequins, um, you know, having more training with females, breaking that stigma around, oh, I'm scared to touch a woman's chest. I think we need to get rid of that kind of fear of that um, Mm. and just make it more of a let's save their life rather than scared to touch them situation. One of the other things that has emerged out of this survey is whether workplaces should be doing more and whether all workplaces have a responsibility here. It's kind of simple. It's a straightforward answer. Mark Daniel Malloy says it's as simple as a three-letter word. Yes. The Australian public experience up to 25,000 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests a year, whereas a lot of those happen within a private setting and within a private dwelling. A large proportion also do happen within a workplace. Having more people with the skills to appropriately respond to that medical emergency is vital. We have evidence showing that the impact and the positive impact to not just survival should quality CPR and defibrillation be administered in the early stages after an event, but also the quality of life that somebody may have following the discharge from hospital. Those initial minutes are crucial. Okay, it sounds like that's a simple yes, but it's easier to say yes than it is to actually fund it and roll roll it out. Are there any conversations being had here? Yeah, I asked Mark his opinion on whether it's up to the employer or the federal government to enforce this and make, you know, CPR as well as first aid training compulsory in all workplaces. And his response was essentially both. It's Mm. up to both the employer and the federal government. They both have a role to play to get this across the line. However, the fact of the matter is, although there are smaller initiatives that are kind of working towards this goal, there isn't actually anything set in stone, pledged or planned to make CPR training compulsory, which I personally think needs to change. And so does Mark. So if some of our listeners don't want to wait for those, that mandatory policy to roll out, but they, this has piqued their interest and they want to get this training, where can they go? Yeah, so there's like a bunch of places you can go online. All you have to do is type in, you know, CPR training, and I'm sure there'll be heaps that will come up in your area. A well-known one is the St. John Ambulance Australia. You can do it online now even. You don't even have to go in. It will cost you around $149 online, or if you want to go in for the hour, it's $79. So it's not break the bank, but definitely something really important, a really important life skill to have. So Sophia, are you going to upskill and have more CPR knowledge than the BGs affords you? (laughs) 
It's definitely on my must-do list now. But you know what? I just had to ask. I couldn't help myself. Does the Bee Gees or will the Bee Gees help me save someone's life? You don't necessarily have to sing it out loud. It doesn't always come across well. <laughs> but the rhythm that you're going to in terms of the, the beat of the, the actual tune, that's correct. What you're looking for in terms of CPR is, is quality compression. So we look towards about a third of the depth of the chest. Um, and going at a rate of about 100 to 120 beats a minute. But yes, yeah, staying alive has always been a favourite and it's definitely the one I, I learned it to. <laughs> I love that, Sophia. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Antoinette. That was Sophia Funicello from our listener newsroom in Adelaide. And I'm keen to see how different workplaces respond to this call and whether the government will move to make it mandatory. And of course, women have a really important role to play here, given some of the findings of that survey. There are so many. This just annoys me. There are so many crappy ways women are disadvantaged. And this is just another way that I reckon many people don't think about or know about. So given women are far less likely to receive CPR in the community because of a whole bunch of things like social restraint and social etiquette, um, it's even more reason for us to have those skills so we can keep one another safe. But that's it for this extra episode of The Briefing. Tom and the team will be back in your feed tomorrow from 6.00.